0: well. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Bipolar Coaster. I'm here with uh, a very uh, a a good acquaintance that I've met over the course of the last year. Uh, He's had me. I didn't know much about him. He had me on his podcast uh, twice. Uh, It went for a four-parter interview, essentially, and uh, I appreciate it because it got me mentioned on Conan's podcast. So, (laughs) welcome to the show, Mike Durbin from the Mike Durbin Show, and you're also the Mike from the Mike Durbin Band, right?
1: Um no there's no band I've never been in a band called the Mike Durban band but I should that's a great idea
0: I don't th- know no. I could have sworn when you contacted me that it said like it said Mike Durban from the- maybe cuz your your last name is Durban so I just thought maybe it was you're you're also part of like an obscure band as well or something like that I, I've
1: been part of many obscure bands in my time, but uh, I have never used that name. I should, though. So <laughs> you, you're, you're giving me an idea.
0: You know? <laughs> so yo, thank so you
1: for having me on. I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I've been a fan of yours for years. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Yeah, you've been on mine twice, and each time I had you on – uh, we we talked for so long that I broke them into two parts each. So I've gotten four episodes out of you. So thank you.
0: No, yeah, and 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 I, I and because now I have suscri- been subscribing to your show, by the way. It, and by the way, it's nice to know that uh, on on your podcast feed, Jim Cornette follows Hensy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That's I never, I never thought that would be. I would have a higher ranking than Jim Cornette. You know what I mean? Uh that's, yeah. that's, that's fucking crazy though. But but bro, listen. I I I felt so irrelevant for the last several years. So I I thank you for bringing me on and actually making me feel a bit relevant without wanting me to fucking you know lose my shit. Cause I, I, a lot of shows that want me on, they don't want me on just to discuss shit. They want me to like you know bring what I what i was on the howard stern show you know what i mean sometimes people it's, it's funny though because like the stern fans will like you know they will uh they hate professional wrestling yet yeah. they're they're the ones that always buy into professional wrestling of like oh like oh, buying what the official narrative of what howard puts out is you know what i mean yeah yeah so what were you doing prior to uh doing a podcast and what made you want to start a podcast
1: um i never actually wanted to start one what happened was um i was a f- fan of vince russo and his network he's got a bunch of shows on his network russo's com. many shows he's got a patreon so he's got like a total of like 15 shows right now but uh i was a fan of um of his a, a few years ago i heard him on steve austin's podcast and i was like who is this guy i've, I've always heard the name vince russo i knew he was the, the writer and- and I knew he was controversial and all that, but then I started listening to his show after that, and I was like, this is a funny guy, a cool guy um, great podcasts, so I started to listening to them and then um, I was on castrating the marks you can if you buy their producer Jeff Lane, if you buy his shirt, you get to come on the show and castrate a mark with with Vince so I did that once, and uh, he normally has the people on for like five or ten minutes. I ended up being on for about a half hour because oh, I this yeah, I kept asking him all these these good questions and he kept me on for a long time and then i was on uh, maybe two or three or four times over the next six months or eight months whatever it was and then um starcast do you know what starcast is no i
0: don't i I don't it's it's a thing that conrad thompson hosts right uh yeah
1: so the first one they did it was uh it was centered around all in weekend all in was the first uh pay-per-view before aew was official right yeah yeah. so it was here in chicago and i think it was labor day weekend of 2018 um i told vince i'm like dude i'm gonna go to this wrestling convention starcast i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna make a a documentary he's like dude you gotta do that he's he said i'll give you your own special on the on the brand if you you know because he knew i was gonna come up with some good stuff you know interviewing interviewing all these wrestling fans so i did that um and then i worked with vince on it What we did was I would show him all my footage, and then we would do commentary after it. So I'd show, we go through it clip by clip, and then we would he would add his like commentary afterward, and it was it was amazing, and uh, everybody loved it. And then uh, Vince, uh, like a month later, he was adding more shows to his network, and he he asked me to do a music review show with him. So I said, okay, yeah, no problem. So I never had any desire to get into podcasting. I hate. I, I hate talking. Like, I like doing behind the scenes stuff more. You know, I like editing videos, editing audio. That's really what I love to do. So, podcasting for me is just—it's um, like a necessary evil. You know, to it, for me to edit stuff, I have to produce my own stuff. You know, cool. until until the day comes when, um, you know, if somebody, you know, if a big name wrestler or somebody like that needs me to work for them, I would do it, but. Um, so then I did the music thing with Vince. We It only lasted about three or four months. Uh, he got kind of overwhelmed because he, he was doing too much at that time, and then he just started a Patreon. So he canceled my show and, like, three other ones. He canceled the one he did with Big Vito and, I think, two other ones. And then he told me, he's like, he's like you know, you can ha- still have your own show on my network. So I was like, oh, all right. I, I, I'm like, I'll think about it, and then – over that weekend, I, I thought long and hard about it i was getting a lot of messages from the brand members and they were all supportive and encouraging so i was like all right why not i'll try it so yeah i ended up doing that i had um i think i did 28 episodes on of the mike durban show on the brand and then i decided to switch networks and now i'm on the creative control network
0: by Hughesy, right
1: no, 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 well, Husey's on there, yeah, it's, it's Joe Feeney's network.
0: Joe Feeney, yes, yes, Joe Feeney, sorry, yeah, my, my bad, he, I, yeah, so- I, I, I don't know much about, uh, about Husey, but I, I heard he's a huge Stern fan, and he throws me under the bus a lot when he goes, oh, I, I have no idea who Hanzi is, so, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fuck that guy, no, I'm joking, no, <laughs> no, but, so, yeah, so, you're on the creative control network now, and. Yeah,
1: so, Joe, Joe Feeney is, is the, um, he's the producer of the Keep It 100 show with Conan and Disco, and he also has the Creative Control Network. He started that from scratch. It's got his show, uh, it's got Hughie. It's Husey Hello, uh, the Freaking Hambone Show, uh, from the bedroom to the to the booth with Aaron Pavis. It's an Irish DJ show. Um, Jamie Irwin, uh, that that's a great show. Jamie Irwin's show. Wait, it, it's it. it's called What's Your Favorite, and all he does is he asks people their favorite, you know, food or whatever. But it's it's so simple. But it's a genius idea, and it's really fun to listen
0: to. So. Is, is Jamie Irwin is related to anybody famous?
1: No, Jamie Irwin. He's no, he's from England.
0: Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, okay, he's no. So, so let me uh, let me ask you. Um, the guy who previews your show on Conan's show, is that Joe Feeney or that Hughie?
1: That is Joe Feeney. Yeah. Husey oh has shit! An, uh, yeah. Okay, Husey so. has an Irish accent. You you can't mistake Hughie. Oh, okay. He, so. he, yeah.
0: I never, because yo, yo, honestly, bro, I have so many podcasts, I've never, I, I never heard. So I, I apologize for throwing Hughesy under the bus. So, so it's Joe Feeney's the asshole that pretends like yeah. he doesn't know who I am. Okay, okay. Yeah. But he did put over my uh, name for my podcast, Bipolar Coaster. So I'll yes. give that. So yo, I apologize to, to Hughesy. Hughesy probably was like, what the fuck did I do to this guy?
1: Hughesy's <laughs> yeah. actually a fan of yours, so.
0: Oh, for real? Okay. Well, I oh, mean, yeah, yeah I'll listen to, I'll try to listen to his show. I know Stuttering John has been on have you listened to suttering john's podcast at all or no
1: i've you know husey sends me clips to listen to so i've only heard the ones that he sends me but husey is so in the loop he's so connected to all those um those former stern guys and he's had them all on his show at least two or three times so
0: which I mean, which which guys, which guys do you think which guy other than suttering john which other guys has he had on that's from the show
1: he's had Gorillo on a couple times and Gorillo has no filter if you want to listen to some great episodes, listen to – Hughes' these interviews with Steve Grillo. Yeah, See,
0: yeah, hold back. yeah. See, I became a fan of The Stern Show in 2006, right? So I went back to Howard TV to look at old episodes, and I listened to a couple of old episodes from, like, you know, the Sternthology and all that, you know, back – you know, before they neutered the whole replay shit – um, and yeah. I liked, uh, I liked, uh, Steve Grillo's era, you know, I think that, that, that era was really, really underrated in the, in the mid nineties, uh, when yeah. he, when he was interning, when did, when did you become a Howard Stern fan?
1: Um, shortly before private parts came out. Um, Howard was, he was on one hundred five point nine here in Chicago for, you know, I think probably since the early nineties, mid nineties, but, um, I would listen to him, but back then on terrestrial radio, especially the years right up before satellite, like you could not listen to that show because he would talk, he'd have like 15 minutes of talk, and then there'd be 20 minutes of commercials, right? So it was very hard to, to listen to it back then, but uh, I, I was more a fan of the E! show. I'd always watch the E! show every night, man. Big fan of that. And then I read both of his books, and then saw private parts, and then, you know what, when he switched to satellite, I didn't follow him. Like I was out of the loop for years. So,
0: oh shit! So when did you start joining back in with the Sirius? Uh, when I
1: joined, when I joined back in uh, in two thousand nine, I was a limo driver, and all of the limos for the company that I worked for had Sirius XM in them. Or, or just it was probably just Sirius
0: back then. Oh shit! But, oh, uh, b- before you continue, yeah, you mentioned this on your Steve your Covino um, K- interview, which, by the way, because me and you were talking about this, and it's going to be awkward recreating this conversation because I, sh- I was a dummy. I, did- I, sh- I should record from the beginning. Um, but you know, but what me and you were talking about Covino, and I was telling you about how I didn't know much about them because I bought into the hype of Howard Stern being uh, the only uh, listenable fucking show out there because he's like the WWE of radio shows. And uh, once a, and, and when I wasn't calling in much in two thousand nine, because I think they expected me to be a bigger player, but I wasn't. I wasn't f- fully invested. I wasn't f- ready to be made fun of on that level, or whatever. I was just a contributor from the back from the backside. But I would be calling into different shows, dropping Baba Booey, hopefully to get mentioned on the show. Because I was feeling irrelevant, and I called Covino and Rich's show doing the Baba buoy, and then they they go, "Is that all you got?" And then and I think they knew it was me, and they wanted me to hang on, but I just hung up. I just told them to fuck off, and I hung up. So so like, so, just listening to that interview on your podcast, it, it's kind of cool because I wish I kind of I wish I got into like Covino and Rich and um, Bennington, and uh, did you ever listen to uh, Bennington and uh, uh, who's the other guy? Um, Bennington and. Uh, i I forget i forget the other guy he's like the gay dude um they were associated with opie and anthony were you ever fans of those guys or were you just mainly a cavito and rich and uh howard stern type of guy
1: yeah howard stern always a fan of his and then um in 09 is when i started listening to howard again on satellite and you know that was the first time i heard him swear and you know it was just a it was a different thing man it was awesome so um, I remember one one time howard I had already heard the show in the morning so they, they were doing the replay in the evening and I'm like let me see what else is on this thing so I'm scanning through and I heard I came upon Cavino and rich and right away I, I love these guys I'm like these these guys are young they sound about my age they're they're funny uh, they're talking about cool stuff and you know they were talking about wrestling the first time I heard them so uh, I stuck on that, and whenever I would get in the, in the limo and I didn't have any passengers, I would listen to either Howard or Cavino and Rich. So, um, and then I, you know three years later, I I moved to California and I met them like the the month after I got there. They they did a live show in Santa Monica, California, on the Fourth of July. So uh, I went to it and I met them and I've uh, been friends with them ever since.
0: Oh, that's yo, that's yo, that's dope. Like you, actually. So, so was that like, like for you being on Vince Russo's show? Was that like? how I felt being on, like, was that your Howard Street yes. Show kind of in a way, like, being accepted? Because I, I find it hard to believe that, like, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Because I, I didn't, I, I thought, me like, me, were you a general fan? Because I I'm, I find it hard to believe that you didn't really know much about Vince Russo, because that's, like, the one, like, if you're an internet fan, especially, you know everything yeah. about Vince Russo. So how was, how like, your wrestling fandom? Like, were you, like, a smart mark, or were you not really, like, are, are, are you still a wrestling fan, or, like, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Man.
1: So I was a fir- I was a fan back in like 86. That's when I first discovered it. Like in between WrestleMania 2 and 3 is when I first started watching it. I don't remember what show it was. I'm sure it was Saturday night's main event. I think that I that, I have very early memories of that. And then uh, I think Primetime Wrestling was on cable. It, that started a little bit later, but those were my two favorite shows. So I was strictly WWF fan. Didn't really care about uh nwa or any of that stuff but um i'd say right up until about what was the summer's what was the wrestlemania with sergeant slaughter oh, yeah. seven yeah. wrestlemania seven
0: R- wrestlemania seven it was uh WrestleMania- slaughter and Hogan. So, what's it called okay so 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 the, that was like your first wrestlemania that you remember or no
1: no no i the first one i ever watched was three so i was a big i was a huge fan from like 86 to Let's say 91, in between WrestleMania 6 and 7, you know, when Warrior got the title and in between that whole year is when I phased out, you know, I I discovered girls, uh, (laughs) sports, you know, like real sports like that was that was what I was into in, you know, seventh, eighth grade and beyond. Sports, I, girls, and music. So I, I,
0: I wish you. I wish I had you in my life, bro. What the call? I, <laughs> I, I, I stuck with wrestling, and I haven't gone late since. So I mean, I, <laughs> I chose the right. I guess I chose the right path. I guess. Uh no, no. Um, but no, that's cool. So then, <clears throat> did did, so did then you? then I,
1: I came back <laughs> around when I heard
0: Hogan turn heel, right? Much like, much like everyone else. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it, it became cool again. Essentially, how old were you when Hogan turned heel? Um, I was
1: just out of high school i just graduated high school i think that summer when uh, when bash of the beach happened so in the, yeah summer of 96 i just finished high school so yeah i was a 18 year old and i got right back in, into wcw i was a huge fan of wcw never really got into wwf until wrestlemania 15 my friend got it and we we just figured, what the hell? We'll watch it. So yeah, 15 is when I started watching it, and then that's when WCW was was getting really shitty with you know the finger poke of doom, and all that. We we kind of we flip flopped. We stopped watching WCW and got really into WWF back then. Oh, for- and then then I, yeah, then I was a like huge fan up until in between WrestleManias 18 and 19. Uh, I phased out again. I just wasn't interested in it, and then I, I went to WrestleMania 19. I we planned it in advance, and uh, I went there not knowing any of the storylines or anything, but had a great time. And then I, I, I was out. I was out for years after that. So well, then, I was then like, what?
0: Then, then what brought you back? Did anything bring you back? Are you still like a jaded fan still? Like are you still like kind of not watching it as much anymore?
1: So yeah, I stopped watching before 19 and then what got me back in it was uh, my girlfriend at the time around 06 somehow we just came upon raw on the on the on, you know flipping through the channels and then we started watching it and um she got really into it and then you know so then i was w- back watching it every week and again and i was going to every show that came to the legendary all-state arena uh house shows pay-per-views all that stuff so really, really into it probably from oh six until maybe oh nine again, so a good three year run. And then ever since then I've been in and out and now I just I don't I pay attention to all the news and the rumors and stuff and I see little clips on Twitter, but I, I can't get into it man. I hate what it's become. I hate the whole industry. I hate the fans. Everything man. It's not for really-
0: me. I hope I'm not one of those fans that you I try to separate myself from the smart marks in the sense that I I believe that like you know what I mean like you know like for example because WWE's like image is supposed to be dwindling right. So I feel yeah. like everything that happened with WWE, we're always supposed to have a negative shit on. But the thing is, is, like, they'll give you good moments, and then, like, they'll probably give you a storyline reason on social media why there's an agenda, a-, a hook to it. So I feel like even, like, the WWE themselves, they've trained, like, they trained, like, a whole, school, a-, a whole school of internet fans from the 90s to be rebellious and to hate on stuff that wasn't up to par. And then now, like, it's funny, because, like, now like they're training like their new shills how to hate internet fans from hating on them essentially you know what I mean so I feel like there's like a lot of fucking a lot of people um putting their hand in the cookie jar and how to like because we're in the social media era and it's the clout chasing era where we think yeah. that anything that's online is probably like like, that's the reason why it's over, because it caters to people online, essentially, and I think part of that, like, it's that's why it's, what, what's wrong with hip-hop right now, is because people are pretending, like, the streaming uh, streaming numbers are what's, like, the be-all, end-all now, when you can manufacture that just as much as you can manufacture album sales if you really wanted to, you know what I mean? So, I think, like, a whole, I think like fandom in general, because, like, you're, you're into comic books, and you're into movies, and all that, like, do, do you yeah. find, like, those those fan bases are kind of annoying as well or what
1: you know what i don't pay any attention to uh comic book fans or you know the marvel movie fans i don't go on any bulletin boards or pay any attention to what they're saying i love when those movies come out i'll go see them in the theater i buy them on blu-ray um but i really have no involvement i mean i go i'll go maybe every other year i might go to the to the wizard world comic book convention uh i don't mind being around them then uh, I really actually i really really enjoyed. I love going to comic book conventions, but these wrestling fans, these modern day wrestling fans, I can't stand being around them. They're they're just Wait, I don't know.
0: Are, what, are you it, it, are you in the disco thermal just going a thought that like everyone like everyone's a pussy like are you one of those guys that think everyone's a wimp and a pussy now and all that type of shit or is it more yeah. like uh, I, I Listen, I, 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 listen I, get, I get what you're saying, but, like, okay, I th- I think the reason why that is, bro, and, like, I get, I, like, I think because in the 90s and, like, the 80s, I think it was such a lawless time of what was acceptable that we went overboard. Like, I think Conan said on his podcast one time that we have to be oversensitive now because we weren't sen- sensitive enough back then so like right now i do like that there are people that are more socially conscious right but i think that like it's presented in such a neoliberal neoconservative way that you automatically think that like like for example when you have people going oh i want to cancel this Old guy for doing uh, a a storyline like that. Let's see, like totally cancel it. It's one thing to point out, hey, back in the day it was kind of backwards, and we, we can make jokes about it. But when people want to start canceling, like, like you know, like they want to cancel like a uh, uh, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer, that's like neo, yeah. uh, that's like neoliberal shit. And then they pose that as they pose that as like, oh, these are far leftists when the actual leftists are the ones that call out like the pretentiousness of, like, of mainstream fans, like, the mainstream liberal fans, essentially. So I just don't want you to fuck, like, like, I could, because I, because I know w- w- once, like, the, the, the neoliberal side is kind of presented, you, cu- you most people start gravitating towards the politically incorrect type of shit, right? Like, I think in wrestling you need Racist and misogynist and homophobic heels, but the thing is, you don't have good enough good guys. Like you, you have these cookie cutter good guys who won't say much, but other than oh, that's wrong, that's wrong. So I, I just, I don't. Like, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I understand your frustration because in the nineties it was a little different, but I can say that I like a little bit that at least people are at least a little bit more considerate. Like there, there's like not stigma against mental health, even though I think that there should be more um uh uh, to talk about mental health at least like there's not stigma around that so i can kind of see the good and the bad of each generation essentially you know what i mean like i just think that I, i just think that we were not sensitive enough back in the 90s where we thought everything that's inappropriate it wouldn't like it wouldn't like blow up in our faces and it wouldn't like end up fucking us over in the in the long run if that makes sense to you
1: yeah you know, I I hate the whole cancel movement. I I hate it. Like, why would you go back t- ten or twenty years and find something that someone did or said? I mean, just j- make it a learning point. Be like, okay, this person said this. You know, it's not acceptable now, and then move on. You don't have to like try and ruin their career. You know, like like the other day, I, I read uh, that something it said Billy Corgan party is over i guess that's the new hashtag whenever someone's trying to get somebody canceled like it's uh you know the handsy party is over hashtag and i'm like oh what what did billy corgan do you know and i look up and 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 one person started um it said like oh never forget that billy corgan uh hates transsexuals and or something like that and and i'm like i don't I've been a fan of Billy Corgan's for 25 years. I don't ever remember him saying anything negative about about anything like that, right? So then he said one comment in an interview in like 98 or something, you know?
0: Oh, okay, no, no, but yo, you you know what? The, yo, listen, I, I I know you probably heard my podcast, right? We you know that oh, whole yeah. the, you know, you know that whole cancel thing. What I think it symbolizes, I think it uh, symbolizes that like you know, remember how on your show I was talking about how a lot of like the old school guys are. Uh, like the, like who sold their soul and like now like yes. they they kind of like created a new network. So I think that when these th- these cancellations are happening, I think they're planning. It's like wrestling. It's like they're planting the seeds for something to be established in the in the in the current day. And that's why they're bringing it. That's why they're bringing it up. That's why they take their time to cancel each person because I think like now like like the re- the real retirement is that you leave being sh- being basically being shamed. I think all parties... Profit off it like if, so. For example, if Billy is gonna be canceled. I guarantee you, Billy Corgan probably knows he's gonna be canceled. But it's like it, it has to. It has to make it seem like it's inconsistent and make it seem like it's so transparent that like it makes you go, "Oh, I'm against cancel culture," even though it's a process that's happening. And in my personal opinion, I can't prove that obviously, right? But I just look at the patterns of how this is happening and like how they like. For example, if if we're all going after all these people that are did something bad how come no one's bringing up howard stern saying the n-word or like or, or him doing blackface and all that type of shit right so i feel like these type of things and by the way that shit's coming out now because he angered the conservatives he angered the trump supporters so now all these trump supporters are now coming out and they're uh now bringing up bringing out howard stern and blackface and all that type of shit so like i feel like these cancellations if it's like like just to just to make you feel better because like i I know you probably don't understand why they're making a big deal about something that happened i guarantee you how it's gonna play out is that billy corgan's probably gonna be in a current controversy where maybe he did something to a transsexual or transgender person and, the, and then so, so that's why they're correlating his comments from like 98 if that makes sense to you
1: uh yeah i i believe that is possible yeah but i also think that while that whole thing may be going on, there it may be you know big people pulling the strings. I do think that there are little people that like to start these these trending things where you know cancel Billy Corgan. So it, it goes from the top all the way down to the bottom. Some some you know woke kid in in his parents' house doing it. You know.
0: No, 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 Okay, no, no, no fair enough. But I, I always feel like those people also are kind of employed. By like an upper echelon and they're like mm-hmm. like so each 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 click like whether you're a right whether you 're a right winger whether you're a neoliberal or whether you're a leftist everyone has their clicks and they yeah. and they basically have Performative people who get the most attention on social media, right? So I feel like we're we're basically like in a reality show. And I and I apologize for like hijacking your interview with my shitty thoughts, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's okay. It just because because I I know what you're saying, but I just don't want you to think that like because I think people like for example, social consciousness is it can be a good thing, but I think sometimes people don't have nuance of how the system works, and what kind of fucked up rules are behind the fucking scenes, right? So, I try to create more nuance, you know what I mean? That's why, like, I, I think, like, guys like Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, they basically are getting their one last payday, and I'm guaranteeing you, they're already gonna get cancelled. Because if you know, Jerry Lawler's been making, you know, racial comments about, like, Asian people, and I, 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 I particularly, I told every, I told people, I'm like, I, I told one of my buddies named Randy, who I go to wrestling shows with, I'm like, like look, I'm, I guarantee you, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, they're going to be fucking cancelled, because they're being, they're going to be brought back, and then their past is going to be brought up about doing something fucked up, and then they're going to match a day with current day. It's, it's like, it, I guess because I've been watching too much wrestling, bro, I kind of see how the fucking, how it's all like, a, it's, a, it's like a wrestling show, essentially, you know what I mean? But yeah. you know, but back to the Stern show, so you got in there again in 2009, so you were basically a, a witness now, like, like uh, to like listen to that show, so you're there for Artie's. Li- so you came back in time for Artie's last year, huh?
1: You know what? I may I, it may it might have been later than that because I don't remember hearing Artie at all. I think you know what? I I probably listened to it randomly like when I was working, but um, I didn't discover tw- like downloading the show on a torrent. This is before Sirius had on demand, where you yeah, download yeah. the show on the app. This is uh, the years before that, where I, I found you could download the torrent of the show that day, and uh, you'd have the whole show. So once I discovered that, um, then I started listening every single day to every minute.
0: Are you there, Are you there Mike? Mike? The show for a year. Hold on Mike. You're cutting out, bro. Hold on one second.
1: by the
0: point I think um new I love Marty you know. hold on one second he's cutting out Mike? you hear me? yeah 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 I, check, I, check 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 yeah. check no no I I think it was my, it was my connection I, I was uh, hooked on to the wrong uh I was hooked onto the upstairs, uh, Wi-Fi and I have, I, sometimes it it, it flips off to, from the upstairs, downstairs to the upstairs sometimes on my iPad. So I apologize. So yeah, so uh, you're saying that you, so yeah, so you didn't remember listening to Artie as much, but like you kind of like knew of Artie? Yeah,
1: I knew of Artie from, um, the, from seeing videos. Like I think, uh, did they have some kind of Howard TV on demand thing?
0: They did, but were you watching? Did you were were you listening to the Stern Show on regular radio when Artie was uh, gone on the show, or were you not listening when Artie was on the show? Um, in on yeah, because the-
1: Artie Art Artie was around during the FM days, right?
0: He yeah he he won the uh he won the uh, the Jackie chair job yeah
1: yeah so yeah I I had heard it not every day but I was whatever I heard I loved I I love Artie so. Yeah, I was, I was like, man, this guy. You know, I read the story. He stabbed himself, and he was off the show. So,
0: oh shit. Yeah. So, so I guess you started listening basically when I was trying to become a main player. I guess on the show. Probably, yeah, probably around that time, yep. Oh, shit, all right, all right, that's cool, bro. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that I actually have people that are, like, when, when I met Rob Van Dam, he said that he was a fan of mine, like, he, when I, you know what I mean? I just like, it's so hard to believe because nobody's allowed in the industry to acknowledge me. Like, Bully Ray always has to, like, put me down and pretend like he never knows who I am, but all the, I say that the punk, gen, CM Punk generation was probably the last generation of wrestlers that probably were kind of in tune with Howard Stern, I don't think anyone after like, you know, a certain era. Um, it's not really that much of a Howard Stern fan. I think like the like the Dolls Ziggler's and the Misses like that was like the last like real fucking generation like like close to mine I guess where we we were Stern fans essentially even after he had fallen off from regular radio you know you know you like you know what I mean so it's 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 cool to hear like different stories so like what what were your, some of your favorite bits that made you a fan of the show like early on or even later on like what like what like storylines on the show like. Captivated you On on there
1: You know I don't really like the, the bits too much Like the The preconceived bits I'm not into that I love Like for me My favorite thing Is when he does His impression of his mom And his dad You know
0: yeah, I I used to like that too, but you know what I mean. I used to, I used to try to email the show when I was trying to be a contributor, right? And I used to try to, uh, uh like try to make it seem like, oh, why do you guys gotta fight so much? Cause like, like I, I I don't know if you even went back to this bit, but there was a bit that Artie and Howard would do after their bro fight happened in two thousand seven. And uh, uh, then, like in the rest of two thousand seven, Howard would get on his uh, on his uh, megaphone and imitate Artie's grandmother, Grandma Caprio. And, and then to, to counter Howard, Artie would get on his megaphone and imitate Beth. And it would just get really dirty. Uh, like, like, you know I mean? like, you know what I mean? He goes, S- sorry, uh, sorry, one minute, guys. I got to go poke holes in condoms so I can trick Howard to having a baby. Like, you know what I mean? Because uh, Howard would go on that. Did you ever listen to it? Like, when, when you took a break from Stern Show or wrestling, did you ever go back to watch stuff that you didn't see before to, like, like familiarize yourself with what you missed? Or did you just go, I'm just going to watch it as is or listen as is?
1: I've gone back and watched wrestling stuff that I missed over the years, but um not stern, not too much. you know I've heard a lot of it on the sternthology and when they do recaps and stuff and you know random stuff on YouTube I've seen uh, I did see that roast did did they have a roast of stern
0: the oh what was it from the K rock days?
1: I don't know what it was from, but uh, I remember somebody making some very harsh jokes about Beth. Oh, no, might no. Have
0: been, ha, ha, might have been already. No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't a Howard. How? Yeah, yeah no. it, it, it wasn't a Howard roast. But the thing is, like, it would be a roast of different staff members or people associated with the show. But, like, a lot of the comedians would, would take that time to basically use it to try to shit on Howard as much as, it, as they could. So I, I, I always felt that... Like, if Howard really wanted Sal to fucking, you know, like, be fired from what he did, whatever, I would, I I, I personally, like, I have this theory that, like, because Howard already was, uh, messed up his original marriage by, uh, always bad his wife right and those and those will you can only find those on youtube because uh i guess in the divorce settlement uh um his wife his wife said that uh, any bits um involving her or bad-mouthing her cannot be aired or whatever so you would never hear those bits right so i think instead of repeating what happened i think what happened is howard uses sal as his scapegoat to like say sh- shitty things to make it seem like he doesn't have control of his staff when I could cause, because because one time Sal kind of gave it away in 2009 and I and this is before I got into the conspiracies where Sal was like um, H- how was recapping what ca- chaos he created. At a at a friend at a friend's party where he was basically showing his dick and he was basically like pulling the plug for the TV, like basically causing chaos. And then Sal says something like, "I I've sold my soul for this." And then Howard got kind of offended by that. He goes, what do you mean you sold your soul? Like what? Like like you're on the Howard Stern show and you got to do crazy stuff to get accepted? And then Sal was like kind of backtracking. But I thought that was kind of a weird thing. And then it kind of made sense to me when I realized that these institutions probably have you doing fucked up shit. And Sal was that fucking scapegoat. Were you listening to the show in the 90s when Sal was just a fan or no?
1: I do remember him calling
0: in do yeah. do don't you think he seemed a lot a lot more like he seemed much more smart in those calling days than he did when he started becoming an employee there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to have some kind of smarts if you're a stockbroker. I mean, even if even if you're the worst stockbroker, you still got to have a, you know, some knowledge of that. So, yeah, he's probably he's probably dumbed himself down.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, and so- a, lo- a lot
1: of the stuff like a lot of the stuff they do with him now where, you know, it's him misunderstanding a word, that's that shit just seems so fake. You
0: no, know, no, You know, by the way, I, I, I think that, like, when I was trying to be a contributor, I think they're trying to get me into a storyline, but I wasn't ready for it. But what happened was in 2007 uh again back then i actually fell for it. i thought sal was really just being dumb but apparently in 2007 he thought the the presidential election was in 2007 because they're already talking about it and he was go- gonna go get ready to vote for the he was gonna get ready to vote for uh, go down to vote whatever make it look stupid i used a dummy email account and i told him sal you're being made a fool of You're fucking going to vote the elections next year. And then he came on the air and he mentioned it. And then Howard got really pissed off. Like, who fucking told you? He goes, whoever told you is going to be banned from the fucking show. I don't want to hear from that guy. So I kept my mouth shut. I think they knew it was me, but I kept my fucking mouth shut about that shit. I I kept my mouth shut about it. But I was the one that tipped Sal off about the, the, the election not happening in 2007. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's fucking, it's fucking crazy. No, but no, ask but but uh, but so, so with, with wrestling, what? Okay, can I ask you what storylines like like other than other than the Hulk Hogan turning heel? What storylines really captivated you as like uh, as a fan in different eras that you were in, like whether it's in two thousand six or like two thousand like a or in the nineties or whatever? Like what what, what like what storylines do you have fond memories of in wrestling?
1: She uh probably uh cm punk like the pipe bomb is what got me back uh huh. around that time i had stopped watching like in oh you know, nine or 2010 um and then i heard that you know he dropped this this pipe bomb promo so i went and checked that out and then i started watching again and it, i went to uh money in the bank oh that's john
0: cena oh you were there for that eh
1: yeah, that but, was fucking tremendous, man. Dude, I... i probably I, the best live show I've been to. Re,
0: yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, yeah, other than the John Cena thing, it was a good card. Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank as well, so, like... And then Christian won the world title from Orton by Disqualification. So, like, it was actually a good... It was actually a good card that catered to the internet fan, essentially. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um. So that... Yeah, I remember, dude, the ground was shaking in that place. Every fan in there was shouting, you know, was cheering for CM Punk and booing the hell out of John Cena. And Chicago hates John Cena, at least back then they did. And I I saw another, I think it was um, right after WrestleMania 22 that was here. I went to, I didn't go to WrestleMania, but I went to the Raw the next night. And I remember Triple H and Cena were in the ring and they were just booing Cena like crazy.
0: Oh, oh right? you mean the... I think he that- was...
1: Triple H was the was the heel, but they were booing John
0: Cena. In, yeah, the, the, that was in two thousand six, right? That was uh, the yeah. uh, So you also oh, you, you you didn't see the McFoley and like Edge match from that year, huh?
1: No, man, I I regret not going to that um to that one. I didn't go to thirteen either, which was another amazing.
0: Dude, yeah, well. at least you've been to a mania, bro. I do. I have never been to a mania, and I thought that me being a part of the Stern Show that I would eventually like because you know my story where I where I kind of like had backed, uh, I kind of backed down from quote unquote selling out. Kind of, cause I didn't know yeah. what, what was in store with me, right? So I was always disappointed that I wasn't allowed to like be a part of a storyline or or have some connection like Sam Roberts does like uh how Sam Roberts from the Opie and Anthony now is a part of like the WWE I was kind of, like and then and then when I figured out that like like WWE was probably like like in a in in a phase where like it's dwindling, I didn't. I, I guess I I didn't really. Even if there was an offer available, I, I didn't really want to be a part of it. But there was a part where I thought Howard could probably help me out. But like the thing is, like I was never gonna be pushed to that level, right? So like you 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 should be glad that you at least got to go to a mania, man. I've never been to a mania. It fucking sucks as a wrestling fan. I almost broke down the last time that. Uh, a mania happened because I couldn't go, and I thought like people in my life had fucking secretly gone or something like that, because they didn't want to tell me whatever, right? So I fucking broke down. You know what I mean? I was like really pissed off, cause like I wanted to see Kofi Kingston win the fucking world title. So like I, I haven't taken it easy. So I, I'm glad that at least like even even like yourself, like you know, not being like uh, like you know a fan that kind of breaks in and out, at least you got to experience a couple of WrestleManias at least.
1: Yeah. I went to 19. It's funny because I went to the one that was across the country. Like I'm, I'm from Chicago. So, but I missed the two that were here or there was three actually, but I missed the two, you know, 13 and 22, but I went to 19 in Seattle all the way across the country and I wasn't even watching then. So, um, but that ended up 19 was a, was a sick Wrestlemania that it w- was a strong card very underrated Wrestlemania Yeah, no no it,
0: it, it is I think it gets overshadowed by Seventeen often I think the reason why I had um, um hatred for the card uh, hatred for it it, like, it left a bad taste in my mouth because Booker T didn't win the world title and they're already building like a race angle and I'm like okay yo this is perfect like Triple H is being kind of racist and Booker T is gonna fucking beat the living shit out of him and you know, then he got he kind of got burned. But, like, what was your reaction? What, like, Because you weren't watching then. So what was your reaction to seeing someone like Brock Lesnar then for your first time then?
1: Well, first, let me get to that racist angle you mentioned. Um, so I wasn't watching ahead of that. So I didn't know the whole angle building up. I just knew they were going against each other. So uh, it wasn't until I got back from WrestleMania. My friend that watched, he told me. He's like, no, you, they've been doing, like... Um, you know, Triple H is racist against Booker T, calling him boy and all that. And then I understood it. And um, you know, I I don't have a problem with a racist angle. Yeah, me neither. As long as as long as as long as the conclusion of it, you know, the heel is made to look bad and he loses,
0: like. But Triple H went over, right? Yeah, he went over. And then the, the, the next night, they basically uh, uh, erased what was going on. They basically, they basically said, oh, what Triple H meant um, before WrestleMania was uh, guys like uh, him from WCW. So they kind of backtracked on the fucking race shit. To like basically cover their fucking ass, essentially. So like so so that's how they did it. I know it wasn't that, it wasn't even that Triple H beat him. It was that like he did a pedigree and then he waited like fifteen seconds to like go cover him. And I'm like holy shit! Like you're making this guy look like a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Like and <laughs> you know what I mean it's supposed to make this guy and the, and Booker and the thing is the in within the, the, like that like two thousand two and two thousand three Booker T was really fucking over. Like in that Raw before he got the number one contendership against uh triple h he it, it was like the, one of the, it was like on the rock's last run so the rock basically put him over by getting thrown over in the battle royal and i remember the toronto crowd like losing their shit like booker t was like really 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 fucking over he was like he was like one of the guys with R him and rvd i say were like the two guys that i think people wanted to see pushed in the ruthless aggression era because they were the only two that actually kind of Came off better off the off of the invasion angle. Other, than, you know, because everyone else kind of came off like shit in the invasion angle. At least Booker T and uh, Rob Van Dam, they were like actually looking like they were more prominent than the other guys. Yeah. So how did you yeah. feel? So what was your? So was it the first time you ever saw Brock Lesnar though at WrestleMania?
1: Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, because um, yeah, I watched eighteen. Eighteen was awesome. That was the one with Hogan.
0: Oh, you yeah, liked 18? You, you liked 18, you know, 18, I felt like it was only a one-man show. I felt like yeah. every, every storyline that was being built was just like the st- super sports entertainment type of storyline. Like, like, you know, you th- like, I was already um, fantasy booking Edge versus Christian in Toronto in a ladder match for the IC title. And it ended up being Edge versus Booker T for a shampoo commercial. It's like, seriously, like, like, you know what I mean? So that was like a one-man show, essentially. The, the, it was a was Hogan, and I guess you could you could say Flair and Undertaker was the other good match, but other than that, I just felt like that card was really... It, it, you know what I mean? It was just re- Austin, Austin ma- ran random match with uh, Hall. You know what I mean? I, I thought maybe you should have done... Like, if you weren't going to do Austin and Hogan, maybe you should have called an audible and done Austin versus Flair, so that at least in, like like, the years to come, People would debate should should it, should they have done The Rock versus Flair or Austin versus Hogan? Like I just thought, like like the Undertaker and Flair match ended up being good, but I just thought like F- Austin working with Hall it was just so fucking random because it just didn't seem like an anything feud. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, um, you're yeah you're right. And Nash was like Nash didn't even have a match, but yeah I guess- yeah. And then when he He's came, probably, his knees were probably in bad shape. So
0: yeah, well, yeah. The, the, the funny thing is, like that year, um, that that year, um, he was he was basically injured for a bit. And then when he finally got back into the ring, back in like May or something like that, he, the first move he does, he comes back, he does a running kick, and he falls and he slips and he tears his quad. And so it was like, so I was like, yo, Nash's career is basically fucking over, like, he's not gonna be, you know what I mean, like, his best, like, his best, in-ring run was probably, like, his championship run in WWE, like, his actual ring, he looked motivated. When he went to WCW, he didn't seem as motivated and all that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you mentioned Brock Lesnar the first time I saw him, so... Um, I remember, like the angle that I was at in that stadium when he did the shooting star press.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why I asked you about that because, oh, like, 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 you coming back for like you coming back to uh, to uh, a wrestling event not knowing anything and seeing this fucking big like collegiate wrestler dude fucking like doing a shooting star press. So that's why that's why I was harping on the Brock Lesnar thing because I want I want to know what a reaction because like I because yo um, Brock Lesnar's run. Um, was one of my favorite fucking runs like it's probably one of my favorite story arcs of of a wrestler like they just they went all in with him and it's like it, it seems like like if you watch back his build you look at it and you go holy shit they never do this with anyone now Like they'll start a push and break someone's push up right away and all that type of shit and so so it was just cool that Brock Lesnar had like a really, really solid fucking year. So that's why I was harping on the Brock Lesnar thing. Like were you immediately oppressed by the shooting star press? Or was like people in the crowd like like they, they think the guy was dead or something like that?
1: Yeah, I thought he was dead, man. Like I thought he fucking broke his neck. The the angle that I was at, uh it was a really good angle and you just saw you saw exactly how he landed and just the whole crowd just gasped. And then, you know, he didn't move and we thought this fucking guy was dead, man. But uh, he ended up getting up. And then um, this is a fucking strange story. But after after WrestleMania, my friend and I that were there, we we went back to the hotel that everybody was staying at the same hotel for WWE and they had their party in there, the legendary WrestleMania party. So me and me and my friend were in the hotel bar, and um, we weren't seeing any wrestlers like coming to the bar. So he's like, he's like, I'm gonna go find out where this party is. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so he he leaves. He goes like this other exit of the bar, the hotel bar. He comes back like 20 minutes later, and he's like, I found it. And he, <laughs> he's like, I'm like bullshit. He said, No, everybody's in there. So he takes me this back way. We cut through all these... We cut through, like, these meeting rooms, and I don't know how he found it, but he found this back way into the WrestleMania party, and the problem was, you know, I wear glasses, right? So I, I, for some reason, I didn't bring my glasses to the after party, or to the bar. They, I left them back in my hotel room, so I everything was blurry to me, but so I could barely make out who was who, right? So we're in this party, and I remember seeing... Brock Lesnar was one of the first people we saw when we came in the side door, and I'm like, "How the fuck is he here?" You know, that's he fucked to- up. He that's was talking up. to people, yeah. And if I heard the story, I think I think Bruce Pritchard told the story on one of Conrad's shows um, of the, the story with that, like um, him and Angle, like Lesnar and Angle were both really beat up, but they each found out that, found out that the other guy was going to the party, so they're both like, "Well, I can't." I can't have him going. Nah, I'm not gonna go. I'll look like a pussy. So they both went to the party, even though they were just both trashed. So yeah, up Brock Lesnar. I remember standing right next to the Rock's mom. She was there. Holy
0: shit! So did anyone like notice that you guys were there, or like were they just like yeah, yeah? yeah. Did you get thrown so, out? We
1: we were in there for about ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, I remember Michael Hayes was singing <laughs> uh, happy. He was singing Happy Birthday to somebody. <laughs> or, or either that or they were singing it to him i forget it's so long ago but one or the other he somebody's birthday and they were singing and um we saw some big names in there and then about 15 minutes into it um somebody you know i i, I it wasn't jack lanza but it was somebody that you'd recognize somebody's face maybe not maybe tony Gurria, somebody of that nature someone that was Rene a Goulet? Former Rene Goulet? It might have been. If I saw the guy's face, I'd know it, but um, one of those guys like came up to us and he's like, hey, who are are you guys here with? (laughs) And uh, they could tell we weren't, we weren't dressed nice. We weren't dressed like fans. Like we didn't have the wrestling shirts on, but we weren't like in suits like everybody else was. So, um, you know, we, they, they caught us and then they brought the security over and then they marched us out. And as we're walking out of the, of the ballroom that it was in, Coming right past us was Triple H and Stephanie. <laughs> and they walked. They they were close enough where I could see them perfectly. You know, they came right up and walked right in front of us, and uh, that was really cool, man. I I always wish. Uh, um, this is before cell phones and and
0: that would have been ca-
1: cameras in them. You know, yeah, that that, that would have been cr- new-
0: that would have been crazy if you guys had like your cell phone footage of this shit. You know what I mean?
1: We got nothing, man. I remember bringing a, a regular camera with film to the to the WrestleMania, but I didn't bring it with to the party. But then we had to give them our our IDs to the hotel security, and they banned us from the hotel for life. Really? And so yeah, yeah. They it, said you're not till, allowed here on property ever. So
0: so it, till this day, it still it still stands.
1: I guess. I mean, not that I'm going back to. At, I don't even remember what hotel it was at, but. Yeah, I'm never going back there again. You know, dude, that's
0: a fucking crazy-ass story, man.
1: Yeah, but I guess, like, my friend, he, you know, later on, he told me who he saw in there. I mean, he saw everybody. He was in there for a while, too. So he, he got the full experience. I was only in there for a little bit, but... um yeah it was it was pretty cool and then uh that was that what cool, the it, you know, it was a good
0: time what what um what's like what wrestlers like do you think like um the one that you've met or interacted with who's like the coolest and who's the one that you had like like not like I'm not gonna say a big asshole, but who like kind of came off like like not well to you, whatever. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't I don't want you to bury somebody or anything like that. But out of like all the wrestlers you've met, like who do you think was the coolest and who have you like kind of had like a bad experience with, kind of in a way?
1: Um, I've met a lot, man. Over my time, I've met a lot of them. Whether it was you know, as a limo driver for a couple years, and I drove, I drove um, Jericho, I drove uh rick flair i drove Rey mysterio
0: oh Uh, shit man
1: a couple other guys yeah a couple other guys um
0: were they like was like a company a company you were working for or were you like uh like an independent like limo driver or something like that
1: no it was a company i was working for a company here in chicago but um the parent company was affiliated with um wwe's Stamford limo company right whatever company they use in stanford oh okay. so we were, we were we were like their their chicago branch so whenever they needed somebody in chicago we drove them so um i would always ch- tell the dispatchers i'm like yo if any wrestlers need a ride or you know if we get that, <laughs> that 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 email from that from WWE, you know call me let me do it please and, and they did most of the time uh, oh, Randy Orton was, was probably one of the best ones. I drove Randy Orton – so I went to – I I drove Bob Barker. Remember when Bob Barker was on Raw?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I drove Bob Barker that day from the airport to his hotel by the Allstate Arena. And then that night um, – maybe it was a different time. I forget. But um, I drove – I had to go pick up Randy Orton and – they told me get there right after raw starts you have to you have to pull in this in this ramp behind the all-state arena and you you pull the limo up there and right up to the back door and then you have to wait there so they told me get there right at the start of raw so i waited back there the whole show and i saw so much stuff because they had the door open right yeah and uh that was the show there was a show where um Legacy. It was Legacy, the one with DiBiase and Junior and Cody.
0: Yeah, Cody. Yeah, Cody and Randy Orton. Yeah, that was like for. Yeah, a so th-
1: there was an angle where they were chasing somebody outside the building, and they ran right past. They ran right down the ramp, right past me.
0: Oh, you're the show. you're you're on TV screen.
1: I, you know what? I've never gone back and watched it because I wasn't watching during that time. I don't think. Oh, I shit. should probably go back and watch it on the network now that I could t- t- check it out. But, um, like I remember seeing cena was in a suit sean michaels was walking around with his he had a big like ice pack on his back he was in bad shape that night and then uh, i took randy orton i drove him from all the all-state arena in chicago i drove him all the way to his house in st louis oh like, for- he didn't want yeah he didn't want to fly he wanted to drive back that night
0: holy shit so how, how long is how, how how long is that from chicago to st louis
1: that was like a six six and a half hour drive one way so yeah Holy we pull out yeah we pull out of the all-state arena and there's a mcdonald's on the corner and he's like can you pull in here and i'm hungry i'm like all right so i pull <laughs> in and there there's like 50 wrestling fans in black shirts in the mcdonald's and he goes he goes okay i can't go in there and he's like you're gonna have to go in for me so um, he gave me a hundred dollar bill and he, he told me like, he's like, give me an extra value meal two, five and eight, you know, like he had this huge order. And then he said, keep the change after that. And I'm like, oh, really? So, um, you know cause a lot of these guys don't tip like Jer- Jericho didn't tip. Rick Flair didn't tip, Mysterio didn't tip. <laughs> Rick, Rick Flair,
0: I, Rick, Rick Flair does not shock me whatsoever. I've not yeah. or, so, you know what I mean? We're, were any like m- most of the time, I, I well, we'll get back to the 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 Orton story for a second. But for the most part, did like a lot of these guys like ever make conversation or did they not want to be bothered when you're talking to them or something? Like in the limo and all that?
1: Uh a little bit of each. Yeah, a little bit of each. Um Jericho was was real talkative. Flair was like Flair was out of it when I when I got him, but I'll get to that. Yeah, but uh, so Orton, you know, I got him as McDonald's, and then um, drove to to St. Louis, and he lived in a gated community. And then when uh, when he got out, he asked me. He said, "Are you from here? Are you from St. Louis or Chicago?" I said, "Chicago." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, damn, he's like, I I wish you were from here. I would have you drive me every week to the airport and and back." And I'm like, "Yeah, sorry, can't do it." So then he gave me another hundred on top of that so he gave me like a hundred and eighty dollars total tip
0: holy shit man. Yo, he, that's, was,
1: he was awesome he was the best man he was so cool
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, you know honestly i'm, I'm glad yo, because you, know, cause, you know, i i know orton comes across like a troubled guy because of like you know him being you know taken from the military like to me people always point out that shit as like why he's like a bad like i know the other shit that he's probably done behind the scenes But whenever someone said that he's been discharged from the military, I don't look at that as like a really bad thing because the military so like the military is like so fucked up that like of course like somebody's gonna fucking like you know what I mean so like it it doesn't discredit Orden for getting discharged for for me at least you know what I mean so I always thought Orden had like a cool vibe to him even though I hear stories about like you know him like you know shitting in women's bags and shit like that I don't know if that's true (laughs) or not but like but dude that's a cool fucking story but um about yeah. your flirt- my, Jer- my, my, my
1: jericho story is even better
0: oh yeah. hold on one second let me sure cause i i have i have I, I get one hour intervals to do this oh, so okay, okay so so i'm gonna start a new recording just in one second all right sure all right. so yeah so um so what's your jericho story
1: so uh, Jericho was on
0: Raw. I don't think Jericho was ever on SmackDown, right? No, he was never really on SmackDown. No, I mean, yeah, uh, so- in, it depends what year. Um, in '09, he in '09 he was on SmackDown for a little bit, and then I think in in, t- in 2010 he basically. I think they're like basically like being loose loosely with the brand split, but he was yeah. mostly he was mostly yeah, a Raw guy from his career in WWE.
1: Yeah. So what happened was, um, I guess somebody canceled. It was uh, for a SmackDown house show, but it was in Indiana, right over the border from Chicago. So uh, I got the call for to pick up Chris Irvin from O'Hare and take him to Hammond, Indiana, and wait and return. So you, what with, with that is, you wait for him, whatever they're doing, you wait, and then you bring him back. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So I pick up Jericho at the airport. And um, he was fucking cool. Uh, was, as soon as we get in the car, I put on um, Ozzy's Boneyard. I knew he'd love that. And then from there on, he, he was cool with me, and we talked. You know, in and in and out the whole way there because he'd be on the phone for a little bit. Uh, but then when he wasn't, he he would talk, and we just talked about music mostly, not wrestling at all.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he a huge music fan and shit, right? So
1: yeah. So then um, we get to the show, and it was this. It was a dingy little. Community center in in Hammond, Indiana. You know, it's amazing that WWE runs these some of these facilities. It, it must have been a, a two or three thousand seat venue.
0: But was it Was it for a house show?
1: Yeah, it was a Saturday night house show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they
0: I, the people talked about how like they run like like, running those, like, like, like 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 those little towns, like, and I'm always surprised by that, you know what I mean? Because even, like, they come to, like, Toronto, they will also run, like, some of the smaller towns in Toronto, like, some of the smaller uh, cities in Toronto as well. Like, and it kind of goes, oh, I thought you guys would just be more New York, like, more of, like, Tur- the actual downtown Toronto, but then like, there's other shows that they will do that are not really downtown Toronto, so it doesn't surprise me. But continue.
1: Yeah. So then, um we pull up in the back and we were late because his flight got in late. I guess he was a last minute replacement for somebody. So that's probably why WWE hired the limo for him instead of, you know, making him get a a rental car. So, um, yeah, I, he said, you know, he has, he'd have to be on the main event. So he'd be at at the end of the show. So I was like, all right. I said, okay, well I'm going to buy a ticket and I'll, um, just text me when you're, when you're ready and I'll, I'll I'll come and get you. And he's like, Oh, you want to go in? I said, yeah. And then, Cause I, I don't even think I told him I was a wrestling fan at that point. I don't want to come off like a, like a, you know like that. We just talked about music, so he's like, "Oh, you, you can come in." He's like, "Come in with me." We were in the back way, and uh, dude, everybody treated him like like a fucking king. Even back in uh, 2010, you know, everybody respected him, and, and um, we we walked past all the wrestlers and by the gorilla spot the little curtain there and then he brought me out the show was already going on he walked me out through the curtain while the show was going on and then he he brought me over to the little audio table where they had the audio guy and the lighting guy and then he said um he goes this is my friend mike he's gonna sit with you guys for the show and they're like okay no problem so i I watched the whole show from that table
0: holy shit man that's crazy man
1: yeah so the main event i don't remember the card too much but the main event was um it was Jericho and CM Punk were the heels Oh
0: against, shit. against
1: Kane and Rey Mysterio, tag match.
0: Oh, I thought it was going to be against Edge. And so, cause I, cause I heard there was a story that when Jericho and CM Punk would do a tag th- a tag uh, 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 in the house shows and all that, that there was one incident where Jericho and, and Edge were watching... Uh, um hockey. I guess, hockey and and CM Punk was getting like really really pissed off about that and he didn't tag Jericho and so I thought you were gonna tell me that that was a house show that that happened in or something like that
1: no that was that, I heard that story too but that was a different show so um yeah after the show I went back to the backstage and I stood by the back door and I saw everybody everybody was there man and everybody would uh, hang out back there and I think Morrison was there and Melina maybe Melina I drove Morrison and Molina another time together.
0: Oh, how was that? How was that? How was that, man?
1: That was that was a quick trip. That was just it was on a might have been on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning after a house show. I just took them from their hotel near the Allstate Arena to the airport. So that was like a 10 minute ride. But I remember Morrison gave me 20, man. So (laughs) he gave me. Yeah, he tipped me better than, than Ric Flair did.
0: Wait, was was the Ric Flair story any crazy, or was it just a basic story with Ric Flair? Like, was he like?
1: Let me finish the Jericho. So the oh, Jericho yeah, okay. thing. After that, he comes out, and uh, we get in, in in the limo, and then he wanted to stop at Arby's, so he he loaded <laughs> up on Arby's, yeah. And then we went back to the to his hotel in Ro- in Rosemont, and then he asked me when um, we were getting near the the place. He asked me. He said, "Do you have to bring this limo back to your company right now?" And I'm like – I was like, yeah, probably I, – I didn't think – I didn't know what he was asking – why he was asking me that. But I th- I think he wanted me to go in and like have a drink with him. Um, That's cause cool. Like, well, he, yeah, because he's like, well, I'm going to hit the hotel bar now. I'm like, oh. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't – I got to bring it back, man. They They got GPS on these things, so they'll wonder why I'm not moving, so – um, but he, uh, he didn't tip me, but you know what? He got me in the show for free and yeah, I mean, times. The, that the, was the tip. That was y- better. than Yeah. The
0: yeah, tip. You, know, you know what? I, I was going to say that like, you know, you, by the way, like you, you had a meeting, all these wrestlers and everything that has there been anyone in the industry that you remain friends with from like meeting these guys or has it just been like a, like, do they see you at appearances and go, oh, I know who you are stuff like that. Or like, do they not recognize who you are sometimes?
1: Um, you know what? I, I doubt, no, I doubt they, rec- you know, recognize me, but, uh, the only, I mean, the only people I'm actually friendly with is Conan and Disco, cause I've been on, I've been on their show and then I've been on their, their Patreon shows on their round table shows a bunch of times. So, and then Disco's been on my show twice. Uh, so yeah, I, I've met them a couple of times, but, um, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, no, but no wrestlers friends are friends with the fan. That's just not how it works. They're all carnies, the, you know. Yeah,
0: not, yeah, that's true. They're well, not
1: looking. They're not looking to make friends, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah no, no, I know, I know, I know. But I, yeah, no, I, you got a good point. You got a good point. I guess I always had this like fantasy that like I would like I I always looked at that like you know I I could get past this whole stern show shit and I always wanted to like be friendly with some of these wrestlers. But then when I find out like there's some fucked up shit like could be going on behind the scenes it's like do i really want to get into that world whatever you know what i mean i don't know how my pussy ass would fucking deal with any any of the fucking shit that goes on whatever right but no dude you know dude, these are really fucking cool stories man like i i i really i really dig i really dig it man I, I i thought like at most you probably like like i didn't know that you were a limo driver prior so so i so i i didn't, I didn't put together that you, yeah you'd probably have more access to like you know are there any solutions celebrity that you met outside of wrestling or like that like you had a drive or no
1: oh yeah many dude many really yes uh you know what hold on one, one second i'm gonna get my book all i'm right. gonna list off i'm gonna list off some names for you and you're gonna you're gonna be shocked hold on one second
0: <laughs> all right he's getting his book so i mean listen guys uh thank you for tuning in i don't know uh you know how many viewers i'll get but you know um i en- i'm enjoying this you know i'm enjoying uh trying to conduct an interview i i, mean, I don't know how good of a job i'm doing but you're, yeah, you're doing a great job. Oh, great job. I, I was just feeling I I didn't want to have dead air, so I was just filling. Yeah. That you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself. Okay, so yeah, go go on, man. Let's let's hear uh, a the lot name. of
1: these names. A lot of these names, like I didn't really care about, but you'll be into because you're you're a hip hop fan, right?
0: Yeah, I'm a hip hop. Uh, the thing is, like, if you name like someone from like a like a, a band outside of hip hop, I might not know. So if if you name me a person that you think is prominent, like in like like the like the metal or in rock or anything like that, and I don't react, don't think that like i'm putting i'm not putting it down i guess i might not be as familiar with some of these rock names you know what i mean
1: yeah so um a lot of athletes a lot of singers uh michael Irvin, of i think he was a dallas cowboy rick flair uh pharrell williams are you a fan of him
0: i i i i dig the neptunes yeah man that's pretty cool
1: yeah uh n-e-r-d or nerd i don't know which one it's pronounced
0: i think it's that nerd. was pharrell's group i think yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. Ch- with, with chad hugo and uh and, uh, I forget who else was in it, but yeah, continue. Um,
1: Nancy Cusack, who is John Cusack's sister. She's an actress. I'm sure you've seen stuff with her in it. Yeah, she's, she,
0: she was in Shameless for a bit, right?
1: Yeah, she's, she's been a lot
0: of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
1: this is, there, here's a big one. You ready for this? Go ahead. Drake.
0: Oh, Drake. shit. What, you, what, did you get him pre-blown up or after, like, or was this, like, before he became a big deal or, or, or? Um,
1: this is right at, I mean, he was famous at that point, um.
0: So yeah, think, he was he was always famous from Degrassi, right? But yeah. I I I think within hip hop the hip hop community, I don't think he started getting like his props until two thousand
1: nine. Yeah, uh, Jay Cutler, I drove him about fifty times. He was a he was a quarterback. He, uh, a couple of bands, a couple of other football players. Bob Barker, Randy Orton. Uh, I drove the Chippendales. Are you a fan of the Chippendales?
0: I'm not as familiar with them. Like, I'm not from. Like, I probably heard some of their songs, whatever, right? But I, but but I might not be completely like you know. What I mean, I, I'm my memory is not fucking good with like songs and all that. But that's pretty cool. I heard of the Chippendales, though. No, the
1: Chippendales are actually a, a male dancing group. They, they. Oh, you know, it's I, like I, Magic Magic Mike,
0: that kind of thing. Oh shit! You don't. Know, well, I, I mean, I've heard of the Chippendales, but I thought like I also thought that was a band as well. I thought that was a band for some reason. <laughs> I'm an idiot, man. You know what I mean. I'm. I. Okay. I, I shouldn't be in pop culture.
1: <laughs> uh, David Duchovny.
0: Oh shit, that's a dope one.
1: Yeah, I drove him. He was on. Remember that show? California. Where they built. They built somebody a house. It was on ABC. I think it was. They built some like a poor family a house every week.
0: Oh okay no no, no. I, I I thought you were talking Extreme about Extreme
1: Home Extreme Home Makeover that's what it was.
0: Oh okay so he he was on that show too. I thought he cuz I I know him mostly from X-Files and Californication.
1: Yeah, he was on just they'd have like a celebrity on him once in a while. He was only on one one week. Uh but I drove him to this from from uh, the airport all the way to this rural like farm town like 2 hours west. Um he was he was interesting. John Morrison, Melina, Troy Aikman, the legendary quarterback. Okay, I know
0: Troy Aikman, yeah.
1: Are you ready for this? Go this ahead. was crazy. Lady Gaga.
0: Oh, shit. Was this uh, yes. before, before she blew up or was she really famous at this point?
1: She was very famous and she was not pleasant at all. She was. She
0: was really? Thankful. Did she give you yeah. attitude and shit?
1: She did, because what happened was I picked her up after her show. Well, I drove her from downtown Chicago to her her show at the Rosemont Theater, which was the same building that Bret Hart got inducted into the Hall of Fame in, that theater, uh, waited for the show. And then after the show, her uh, assistant came out and she said, all right, she's going to get in the car. She's going to have a, a bottle of wine with her. She's going to be tipsy. She's not going to be pleasant. And what's going to happen is when we leave, hundreds of fans are going to run up to the car. She said, you need to keep moving. Do not stop the car or she will roll the window down and you will never leave here. And she said, "and and she said, Lady Gaga will yell at you, and make you stop." She said, "Do not stop. You need to keep going."
0: Oh, so and, so so this and, woman so this woman was giving you instructions because yes. she know she knows that Lady, Lady Gaga's uncontrollable or something like that, huh?
1: Yeah, and, and she knows Lady Gaga loves her fans, and I give her that credit because she does. So, and this this that happened exactly that way. She got in the car. <laughs> She spilled red wine in my limo, uh, and then the fans started coming up, and she was yelling at me, "Stop this fucking car!" And I kept going, and then that was it. Man, she was very pissed off, but
0: when, that was, so that did, was, she, did she scold you for the rest of the ride?
1: I don't forgot you. She got over it. You know, she, she took took some more sips of that wine, and she was fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Bill Murray, the legendary. Bill oh Murray. shit, yo, that yo,
0: that's dope. How was that ride, yeah. bro?
1: That was phenomenal. That was the best, probably the best experience ever. Cause that's fucking that's crazy. An elusive man. guy. This is a guy that you don't, you don't see him. Anymore, exactly,
0: you know? man, I, th- dude. That's like, that's like, like on the Mount Rushmore celebrities you want to fucking interact with, like, f- have an interaction with, like, and like, like you know, because like you hear about random stories about this guy, like, just showing, like, even when he makes a movie, some of the people don't know if he's gonna fucking show up for the movie because he doesn't, he has a, he, he doesn't ha- I respect him. He doesn't have an agent. He does doesn't himself apparently, right?
1: exactly you're exactly right what happened was i i had the order to pick him up from a hotel in chicago and then take him to o'hare the airport uh it was a summer day it was very hot i get i pull up to the hotel and it's him and his mother and his two sons right him and his mom and his two sons and they got they got in there and he was very friendly he said hi i'm bill don't call me mr murray he said "I'm, i'm bill and um we got in the car and he was he was like putting on a show for me the whole time. He was just like just cracking me up the whole time.
0: <laughs> That's, so yo, dude, dude, you, you, dude, you can, dude. Have you ever thought about like uh, pitching a show where like you actually like you know talk about your like 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 your stories or like basically like remake this? Sh- like I would, I, dude. If I get my shit together, I'll write this show with you, bro. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, i I've, I've thought about um, something similar because a friend of mine that i still talk to 10 years later he he's been a limo driver most of his adult life so he's got he's got 50 times the stories that i do he's driven everybody he drove vince mcmahon
0: really that's he yeah
1: dude i'm gonna get i'm gonna get him on my show he's gonna tell the story one day so i'll I'll let you know when that drops yeah yeah, that is a story
0: dude dude i dude i i just dude vince mcmahon's a fascinating human being dude have you ever gone to drive anyone from the stern show or no
1: uh no I've met a lot of them at other stuff but uh but let me finish the Bill Murray thing okay so, yeah, yeah, go ahead sorry right, we, right. I dropped I dropped him off at the airport and then I said I I went to the same high school as Bill Murray he went to um, Loyola Academy in uh, suburban Chicago I went there for two years and I told him like yo we used to see your your picture you know on the class of '68 or whatever he was and he's like oh you went there and I said yeah and he he when I told him that he he pulled his wallet out and he gave me a, a crisp. Two crisp hundred dollar bills, two hundred bucks, man. Really, nice guy, man, nicest guy
0: ever, dude. Dude, honestly, bro, like, like, dude, that, 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 like, like, even like, listen, I'm a wrestling fan, and the thing is, like, remember the time, the thing with Bill Murray with me. I didn't know what a comedian was, right? I thought, like, when I was a kid, I thought it was just actors, right? So I always hated when I saw Bill Murray that he would be acting the same in mostly every movie that he did. So I just basically never really, I did as a kid, I didn't like him, but like it was for not for like, well, because I, I fucking hated acting, but I didn't know that he was considered a comedian. I just thought he was an actor who just basically did the same fucking shit. Basically, a comedian when when they're in movies, they're essentially you give a comedian a break in a movie because the comedian his job is not to be the best actor his job is to be the funniest guy right so yeah. I so I so I never understood Bill Murray until like later so I always thought I, I always thought I fucking hated the guy even though in my head I never minded the guy at all but I just always thought I'm like ah nah, no, fuck Bill Murray for, for no fucking reason other than to be a contrarian asshole to people who would be like hey Bill Murray's a pretty fucking good uh, pretty pretty funny guy I'm like ah nah, no, he's an asshole but I didn't but I but I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just trying to be uh, a contrarian asshole because I wasn't as familiar with his line of work as other people were, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was cool, man. Uh, you know Lee Daniels?
0: Uh, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, like
1: uh, a, he's like a movie producer. Or yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he, the, the black, he, he's a black guy, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah drove him. Um, the late Brian Dennehy, he just died recently.
0: Excuse my ignorance, um, but who who is who is that again?
1: <laughs> Have you seen the first Rambo?
0: First L- a blood? long to- a long time ago. A long time ago.
1: He was the evil sheriff
0: in that movie oh okay okay I, I think he was in uh, I think he was in like
1: Tommy Boy or one of the Chris
0: Farley movies oh okay then then, yeah, then, yeah, then I probably see again he's probably one of those guys that I probably know his face but I can yeah. never memorize like dude I can never keep up especially in this era of memorizing different fucking celebrities and all that so I feel fucking bad and I, I and I guess like I'm at a point right now in my life where I'm like you know what I'm just gonna admit that I don't know who some people are even if it makes me look like a fucking <laughs> asshole you know what I mean so <laughs> I apologize for that.
1: That's okay. Uh, that's all right. And then uh, did you watch – were you a Family Guy fan?
0: Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I watched Family Guy.
1: Uh, Mike Henry, he's the voice of Cleveland.
0: Oh, shit. It, yeah. It, is, 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 you know, is, is Cleveland played by a black dude or is it, is it a white no, dude? No, it's, it's a white guy. Oh, shit. I, thought, I really thought there was a black guy that actually played him.
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I – i i got his name on the order it said mike henry i'm like that's i wonder if that's the same you know voice actor because i used to really love family guy and then sure enough i get to the airport and uh i'm walking with him and he's right when he talks to me i'm like oh it's the guy and then i said man i'm a huge family guy fan and then um it was right before the cleveland show was coming out so he told me a lot about the the cleveland show and um he he was doing the voice for me, in the whole the whole limo ride to downtown Chicago. He was doing the
0: voice. So that was... <laughs> that's great, man.
1: Yeah, that, that, that that's. That's pretty much that's my long list. There's a bunch of like sports guys. I don't know if you'd know them or I don't, I mean, I don't you know can, them. But you, I, you, I got their
0: name written down. But. I mean, you can name some of them. I, I might know who some of them are, but I'm not as familiar. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not as familiar. But maybe people who are listening to the podcast might pop for some of these names. So if you want to name some of them, it's up to you. Uh,
1: Greg Olson. He was a or I think he still plays, but he was like a, a tight end. Um, Tim McCarver. He was a, an announcer. Um, you know Marv Albert, the legendary. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I know Marv Albert. Do you so ever, I
1: drove his. I drove his son. I didn't drive him. I drove his son. He's also a, an announcer.
0: Do you? You know, did you ever watch the Howard Stern episode where Casey? Where it was a controversy about Marv Albert biting some woman uh, back in the day, and then he was doing a press conference, and then the Howard sent KC... And then KC basically got the, got the whole press conference shut down because um, uh, he asked one stupid question and Marv Albert basically gave it up. And after the interview, people are like, you you know you ruined the interview, you ruined the press conference. How do you feel about that? And KC was just so nervous. Cause I think it was KC's first uh, assignment to go and do something fucked up for the Stern Show, essentially.
1: Wow, yeah, whatever happened to that guy?
0: I mean, he's like the one guy who was actually like a loud back every now and then and he basically ha- I, dude i don't know what he like does like different radio shows he released a book right and then apparently, like, I go, okay, that's a good thing, whatever. But then apparently, it's like, you know how there's, like, these marketing books where, like, it's like a marketing scheme where basically the book is already pre-written. But then you make it seem like it's your story or something like that with, like, some of your details. But it's basically a, a book that, like, is basically a, I don't know if it's a scam per se, but it was basically a pre-written book about something, about someone else, basically. But it was basically him putting his, it, making it seem like it was his thoughts, essentially. Like, people were, people busted him on that or something like that mm. yeah he he's been random but i mean he I, I i i did i didn't get on the stern show until after he kind of wasn't full-time on the sh- where like you come in once in a while so when i talked to him on Artie's direct tv show I don't think the conversation made it on air. I think he just wanted to have a conversation with me. But I don't think it made it on the on the air for some reason. I can't find that interview. but Because like in the interview, they hint that they're going to go to me next. But I can't find that. But, I mean, he, he seemed like a fan of mine. Like He seemed like he really... He really dug it. So I actually wish that I was on the show back in the, the, in, in the early 2000s to some extent because I would have loved to inter- – I would have loved to have been a part of that era where Stuttering John and Casey and kind of Grillo and those guys were in. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of hate that I kind of got involved with the show when it was already kind of, like, not at its popularity, essentially, you know what I mean, like, it was still, like, it was, it was, it was post their attitude era, like, it was their, you know, like, you know what I mean, Howard Stern wasn't gonna be popping again, essentially, but, like, you know, but I, kind of missed that I didn't get a chance to go on that type of, on, on that type of deal, whatever, but, uh, yeah, so, what other names do you have, then, I guess, or, or, is that it, basically?
1: That yeah, that, oh Jeremy Piven, he was a real asshole.
0: Oh, I, I, see, that doesn't shock me. Why? Did, 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 uh, when when you say they're assholes, did they? Did they like? Was it because like uh, just like how he would treat different people, or is it like how they treated you specifically? Essentially.
1: Y- usually me, and then if they tipped or not. Like I, I, drove Jeremy Piven the whole weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like right from when he got here in the airport, and then driving him to various places. Like he went to the Bulls game. He went to the. White Sox game, um, a bunch of other clubs and stuff, and I drove him for the whole weekend, and he gave me a five dollar tip when I dropped him off at the
0: airport. Wait, so I I know tipping is a big deal. So how, how are you expecting a tip for each drive that you do? Like there, or or do you prefer like like when you have a Jeremy pivot? Are you expecting him to give you a tip like for the there there and back? And, and, and that's like, or, 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 like, are you expecting a tip for each ride that you give him or, or would you be satisfied if like at the end of it, he gave you like, you know, a $50 or a $75 tip at the end of the whole weekend, essentially.
1: If you're, if you're a guy like that, that has a, you know, a millionaire basically, and someone drives you around the entire weekend and waits for you and does all this stuff, you're, you need to tip them well, you know? Each, each,
0: each, each drive? Not
1: each, not each, not each, like not each one, but I I drove the guy for the entire weekend.
0: Okay. Okay. So, what what would have been like the like the like I, again? If you don't want to answer that, but I mean, what would have been like the like the amount like you would have been satisfied with that? Like he would have given you for, for after the whole weekend, essentially. Like what like what would have sufficed? Because I mean, I, I sometimes I that's one thing that I was worried about becoming famous that I wouldn't know how to tip people. So you know what, you know what I mean. So I, I, I kind of dodged that bullet essentially, right? But like I yeah, but I'm with you. I feel like if you are Uh, like you you have more than enough money you're living comfortably and somebody's doing all that shit for you that you should definitely at least like at least like give them a quid pro quo or like you'll hook them up with like a dinner or something like that or hook them up with something or you know tip them really well so what what would have sufficed for you uh for jeremy piven
1: for for that three-day weekend you know for driving them every day and night i mean, at least 100 bucks i mean like i told you bill murray gave me 200 bucks to take <laughs> him for a, four, a 45 minute airport ride you know uh john morrison and, and melina gave me 20 dollars to take them a five minute ride you know it's all it's all different you know but just dude when you open up your wallet in front of me and and, and there's a bunch of money in there and you
0: give me a five that's that's insulting man that's terrible. <laughs> yeah that, that is pretty fucking bad man that is pretty bad man but you know that, i mean you know these are some fucking crazy ass stories bro so you know before i wrap this up man I, I know you're into comic books and uh and and tv shows and movies so what, what are you more of a dc fan or are you a marvel fan or like wh- which one do you lean towards
1: that's a great question it's um i'm a i'm a huge dc comic book fan right But the movies let me down and it's the opposite. Marvel, I'm not really into the comic books, but their movies are superior. And I am a huge fan of every Marvel movie that comes out, even characters that I I, I couldn't give two shits about before the movie like ant-man who was the an ant-man fan, yeah right?
0: I, I heard of ant-man but then like it depends on who like for example like i never really cared much about tony tony stark but i think robert yeah. Downey jr like was a perfect fucking casting choice for it where i thought like yo this it, it, he actually comes across like you know what I mean, like i really enjoyed the marvel movie even though some of like you know the, the, some of the fans like they think like for example like you know how the media was like oh the Joker is gonna cause like everyone to like do a mass shooting and all that it was like the media was like asking for that essentially and yeah. and, and the thing is like you're like you're making fun you're, like, you're, you're talking about Joker's character being dangerous but like if you wanna break it down Captain America and Tony Stark they've both killed innocent people by, by like not like on purpose but like it's like it's a good representation of what liberalism is like you you kind of like it's kind of like you look at these heroes like Tony Stark and Captain America, and you're like, well, yeah, they, they, they say that they, they say that they're the good guys, but then at the same time, there's like all this all these people who are, um, innocent casualties because of their fucking shit, right? So sometimes, like, analyzing it in a political way, I feel like it's kind of a little bit ruined it because I feel like everything on social media now is, like, everything, like, a character has to have a perfect representation of this and that, and if it doesn't meet that requirement, you know what I mean? So when I hear people shit on Joker for, like, oh, it, it, he'll be the reason why, like, does mass shootings, but then I'm like, you know, Captain America and, like, uh, Iron Man, And those characters, like, even though they come across nice, they're actually a little bit more evil than the Joker is, actually. At least the Joker, you can justify that he's a mentally ill fucking guy that is, like, suffering from, you know... uh, Did you watch the Joker movie, the the latest one? Yeah,
1: I loved that one, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, What I liked about it is I liked that, for once, it kind of portrayed... Because, like, you know, you always have this impression that Bruce Wayne... Is like it comes from a good family because like, they're rich and all that. But if these guys are so rich, then why is like their city turned to shit, basically, right? So like I like yeah. the fact that Thomas Wayne came across like a, like a like a like a like a like basically he came across like a Bloomberg or a, a a fucking De Blasio type of character essentially, like a neoliberal. Like he's not like a really like he pretends to be a good guy, but he's not really a good fucking guy essentially. You know what I mean?
1: You know, and that's the first time I've, I think that his character has been portrayed that way. Normally, uh, Thomas Wayne is very philanthropic and he, he's only doing it for good reasons. But yeah, you're right. In the Joker movie, it seemed like he had a, a little bit of a hidden character.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy, but yeah. So, um, what TV shows and movies are you watching? Like, uh, are you watching? Are you streaming a lot of stuff? I can't keep up with anything anymore, bro. I I can barely keep up. Only some of the current. Like, I I I just stuck with the wrestling. But like, what TV shows and movies have you been watching?
1: uh tv i'm not really into as much uh i'm more of a movie guy like right now i'm, I'm I, I like a lot of old movies and classic movies like i'm i'm going through uh all of alfred hitchcock's movies so i'm working my way through those you know i'm i actually buy the the blu-rays and, and i'm you know i like when the uh, blu-rays are on the shelf it looks you know that i like collecting stuff so you,
0: you see i used to be a i used to want to be a collector but i think because we have gone into this digital digitalized world where I set my mind, like, oh, I don't need to collect anything because it's all going to be digital, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But like, but like, but but but, but when I see people having man caves and having collections, bro, uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, I feel kind of envious a little bit. I wish I could go back in time and have the foresight to see that collecting this stuff wouldn't be as bad and it would actually be valuable, like some down in the future. You know what I mean? So I I, I actually dig that. Like you're a Blu-ray collector. I I, I get you know what I mean I I. I I like that people have that fandom still you know what i mean so i and again like i, I want to go through old Elf, alfred hitchcock movies as well but like the thing is there's so much currently that i feel like i can never go back in time i might feel left out and because i, I try to be on the cusp of what's going on currently i feel like yeah. i'm losing a step backwards by going back so like do you feel like you're out of touch when like you're just consuming old stuff only kind of or like do you just not give a shit
1: that's uh probably it's done on purpose like i i don't like this world we live in right now i hate it i hate everything on social media i just don't like the direction the world is going in and i felt that way for a few years now so i guess yeah purposely i'm just going back and you know i like watching movies from a time period where you know shit was different you know um like the the hitchcock movies are the, anywhere from the 40s 50s 60s and he made a couple in the 70s but um Yeah, that's what I'm into, man. I just – I love old – I like old music, classic rock, uh, 50s and 60s rock. I really don't like anything modern. I do watch a, a few new shows like Ozark you ever
0: check that one out? Yeah, it, 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 sometimes when I don't want to, uh, w- w- sometimes when I don't want to waste my time in uh, being disappointed, I find reasons not to watch it. So I was like, "Oh, this is a Breaking yeah. Bad fucking ripoff." So I don't want to watch this. But now I'm kind of regretting not getting into it. I think I might start getting into it. I do like Jason Bateman. I think Jason Bateman's dope and all that. But like, you know what I mean? Um, uh, a- 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 you you know what show I think you would dig at the comedy? Um, do you know the rapper Little Dicky? Uh,
1: I've heard about him. Yeah, Kavino and Rich talk about that that show. They D- love that D- show. D- Dave, you
0: do that, that. That's a real, I. You tell me you watch it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia though
1: no never into that
0: oh um, my god dude dude no, i dude no. that dude that show dude i'm telling you dude you should what dude you can binge that
1: i've tried i've tried it i've tried it i can't get into it
0: oh really oh okay okay yeah, yeah. i won't force it into it. I, I get it, i get it it's it's like it's supposed to be like seinfeld on crack essentially that's how they pitched it yeah
1: so i heard you on your episode today or yesterday you you were talking about jerry or not? what's the guy's name jerry stiller
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: so you you were a seinfeld fan
0: yeah yeah man
1: So, yeah, I I tried watching Seinfeld. I never could get into it, ever. I just didn't like it. Really? Dude, Curb Your Enthusiasm is probably my number one show of all time.
0: I I I I love, I, I, love, I love I, Larry
1: David, I love his show so much. I, you know,
0: I, 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 I love I, I, I love Curb. I love Curb a lot, man. I think sometimes it it's probably a, a bit better than Seinfeld on some level to some degree. But I think cause Seinfeld, man, it just like I was mostly watching um sitcoms, right? And it was mostly like Roseanne, family man like you know what I mean, a lot of family friendly ones, like not really that edgy. And some of the edgier ones I didn't really understand. Like, I, I, like, for example, People Save Martin is probably one of the b- best black comedies um, that ever existed, right? And I remember watching it, and I remember I used to laugh a lot at, Mar- at Martin Lawrence's physical comedy. But I, I got to go back now and watch it because I feel like, like I probably missed out on a lot of fucking funny jokes. And I remember I used to look like that. So, Seinfeld was one of those, like, the darker ones that I still didn't understand all the references, but I just liked that, like, there was, like, an edge to it, even for the 90s, essentially. So, I can understand if you're not a sitcom guy, and you probably heard the hype, and now you go back, and you're like, oh, this show's not that great, I've probably seen Funnier Now. But, like, at the time, I thought it was, like, one of the greatest shows alive, you know what I mean? I feel that's, like, the only constant references I can make. Did you watch Married with Children? Yes,
1: I, I watched see, that back in the
0: day. Yeah, yeah, I see that show. I that's another. That's probably my my second. That's my probably my second go to for great sitcoms. I, I, I loved Al Bundy and shit like that. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It was it was a great fucking show, man. But um. <laughs> You
1: said Martin was your favorite uh, black
0: comedy. No, no, I'm saying that people have gone. People who judge it now have judged it by saying that Martin was probably the best situational black comedy that 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 existed, but that like it didn't get as much hype as like a a Fresh Prince of Bel Air because that was more of a friendly, friendly kind of show, right? So I I I feel like if you're into black comedy, whatever, especially black comedy, that Martin was probably one of the better. And I did watch one episode on YouTube. They have the episode on YouTube. watching one of the episodes and i was like holy shit i gotta watch this again because this is actually a really fucking great show i i I used to watch it back in the day and i used to just be i I didn't understand references i would just go oh i uh i I can get the physical humor that's that's why i love three of the company so much i didn't get a lot of the jokes when i was a little kid but uh a lot of what uh uh, jack uh, uh jack is it jack ritter right Tr- John, R- yeah, John, Tr- John Tripper, was J- the character, Jack Tripper, but John Ritter is his name. So yeah, when John Ritter would be doing his um, his like his physical comedy, I would just find that like the like the funniest fucking thing. That like, so I guess for a dummy like me, that's what translated to me. If you did physical absurd comedy, essentially.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I never w- loved Martin or Fresh Prince. I, I didn't get into that. But my favorite, if if you talk about black sitcoms dude my favorite one of my favorite shows of all time black or not is sanford and son have you ever watched that
0: I, see they used to come on th- those are one of the shows that would come on in reruns during a time yes. but but I would not I would not I would I'd be like this seems like too old for me like you know what I mean like I, I don't know it just seemed like 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 for example with mash too as well I just for some reason like like it just didn't appeal to me as a kid maybe I, maybe because yeah. in the kid it was a more cartoonish era so I think maybe if like the reruns came on now I would probably appreciate those comedies more I was just the more the era era that i was brought up in and i was more of a cartoonish fan that's why i even loved wwe in the 90s even though it was like a lot of cartoonish back then but you still had like you know bret hart and Shawn michaels and all that even though that wasn't really the best era of wwe you know what i mean
1: yeah and uh you have you ever seen the show what's happening
0: what's happened that sounds familiar That uh, how it's uh,
1: it was another you know you know the character rerun right the, the fat guy with the red beret
0: Oh Okay, hold on. A Wait, what's the show called again?
1: What's happening?
0: And what 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 year did it come out?
1: I would say like seventy eight to eighty three or seventy eight to eighty two or something. And then they also did What's Happening Now. That was like in the mid eighties. That was like a revamp of it with the same characters. And, and that it was more w- modern.
0: Was that successful?
1: Uh, the What's Happening was hugely successful. Yeah, and the, the second one, What's Happening Now, was was kind of successful too but what's happening was was massive yeah that's like um yeah that late 70s early 80s thing
0: Oh shit, yo, yeah, 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 Now looking, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, at the, at the. I just looked it up right now. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, see, this show looks familiar, but see again, I, I, I don't. Everything is getting mashed up in my head, bro. Like current day and yesterday, it's like it's so hard to keep up, bro. Sometimes I just wish that I didn't have. I was dumbed down again, where I didn't have to know any of this shit ever. You know what I mean? Like now, I feel like because I want to be an entertainer on some level, I feel like you have to fucking know references, and I. I hate fucking having to know it because I, I used to like not care if I got a reference. You know what I mean? I used to go, oh, okay, well, The Simpsons made fun of it, so I guess I understand it some de- to some degree. You know what I mean? So that would give my generalized opinion on shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. yo, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up, bro. But dude, sure. listen, uh listen, am I'm, I'm so glad that you came on, man. I I didn't want to pressure you. I, I I feel bad like asking people to come on because I don't I'm not the master interviewer, but hopefully I did a good job, bro, and um I'm glad that you me and you have become friendly, man. Uh and again, yeah. I again, yo, I did mention on a podcast where I went on a rant where I said post wrestling was the only show that allowed me to advertise my show. And I, I totally fucking forgot. That you, cause I, cause you left a comment on my Facebook. You go, yo, I, you, you said, yo, I like your show, whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to mention Mike Durbin. So I, I sometimes I forget people, and not because I, I, on purpose. Sometimes it doesn't go through my, through my head. But I felt so fucking bad about that, man. So I, I no, pref- no
1: worries, no worries. You did mention me another time. I heard you. You said uh, – you are talking about something. You're like uh, – you said, oh, I mentioned this when I was on Mike Durbin's show. And I'm like, oh, there, that was a, a good reference there. So, oh, okay, no, do Yeah, it. You, you, you demean yourself a lot. Like you'll say, oh, nobody's listening to this podcast. I'm like, dude, people are
0: listening. Man. <laughs> no, no, I have I, I to I keep myself humble, bro. But you'll, 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 yeah. um, tell everyone – tell the, the, the five listeners that are listening to this. <laughs> tell, tell, t- t- tell them where we can listen to the Mike Durbin show.
1: Uh, you can find me on the Creative Control Network. That's Joe Feeney's network. Um, Hansy has a lot of heat with Joe Feeney. Uh, Well-deserved. But, um, yeah, it's on the Creative Control Network. I'm on, uh, well, let's see, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, uh, Radio, Google Play, Stitcher, everything. All major podcasts. You can find the Mike Durban Show um, usually every other week. Uh, and then on YouTube, youtube.com slash Michael Durband, uh, there's a, a few Hansy clips on there from from uh, your your appearances on my show. We've got some good videos on there. And anytime Hansy's in the title, you get a lot of hits on that one.
0: Really? I, 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 I see some of the co- – there's one guy that always comments whenever me and you do a podcast. There's one guy that recaps your podcast and he just insults me. And I go, whatever the fuck is this guy. You, you know who that guy is, right?
1: I've seen a couple of trolls come after you when on my on my channels or on my. Uh, no, no,
0: no, I'm talking about the the, the Twitter. Like, he's not like, like he's not like one of the mean trolls. He'll just be like, "Oh, to recap the appearance on this show," and then he'll basically. Tre- it's more of him trying to be funny more than him trying to be mean spirited. So, like that guy, I don't, I forget what his name is, but he he always um, um, messages both of us whenever I'm on your podcast. Basically, I always find that hilarious, though. You know what I mean? Like, is it? Is
1: it- is it polyester? The evil. Yes,
0: team yes, polyester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Who the fuck is this fucking guy?" So yeah, yeah. And then there's a fake disco account. Was like, I thought, I, I felt for. I go, "Oh shit, this is the real disco." But he's like, "Yeah, worst guest ever on this fucking show." And I'm like, "Is this oh, you yeah. on on a, on a other account, whatever? You know what I mean?" But um, so you know, you no, you
1: got- there's a there's a bunch of different disco uh, parody accounts. A bunch of them. Oh, Even yeah. polyester is a. Kind of a spawn of, of Disco Inferno because if you remember maybe you maybe they never actually did it but when Disco was on the booking committee in WCW at the end he pitched a lot of characters like Bill Ding the evil architect um, <laughs> so Polyester was is the evil tailor so that's one of Disco's spawn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay yo. Yeah, okay so yo um uh do you have any other endeavors that you want to plug bro um like that, that you're doing like other than the podcast or is there anything else yeah. you want- uh
1: my twitter is at mike durband that's d-u-r-b-a-n-d please follow me and uh instagram i don't have a clever name like dusty loads <laughs> like you have uh, my twi- my Instagram is just Mike underscore Durband underscore Show.
0: Yeah, well, uh, uh,
1: that's my only endeavor. That's that's really the only thing I'm doing well, now. Is
0: well, it's just well. my podcast. Well, yo, you'll, well, you'll listen, man. If I, if I get this podcast going, and I want to make it bigger, bro. I. I will most definitely contact you to kind of help me out, and like you know, I, I mean, if I if I if I have the resources, also like you know what I mean, like I'm making money off it, I will definitely pay you. You know what I mean? If you ever want to like like if you feel like you want to help out, whatever and all that, man, like I I you know what I mean? Because like I like the way that you edit clips and all that. So like if in the future me and you can work together on some level, I mean that'll probably be cool. Like you know what I mean? I just don't. I mean like at least collab collab a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um uh what else was going to mention? Yeah. So yeah, apologize to Husey, bro. I I I I thought he he was the guy that was in Conan's podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> well,
1: Husey does get mentioned on the podcast a lot because he Husey actually runs Keeping it 100's YouTube channel. The highly successful Keeping it 100 YouTube channel. He does a great job with that, makes them a ton of money. So, um yeah, Husey gets mentioned a lot. Uh he he, he's a big uh, character in, in that world, so – right. and he's a very he, – his show is great. If you like comedy uh, or just any any guests, th- this guy gets like uh, great Hollywood writers. He gets a lot of comedians, a ton of comedians, uh, musicians once in a while. Uh, but he has a, a great connection to a lot of the former Stern guys like I said earlier. So any Stern fans that, that like Hansy, check out the um, Husey Entertainment on YouTube you'll you'll love that yeah for sure
0: um and yeah you know I, and listen, I, I, listen i'm gonna try listening to hughesie's show i because i think do i have so many podcasts bro but I, I i i like the like i think in like november i subscribed to your show so i've been like you're keeping up so that i have all these shows in the background and I might not be paying attention super hard but i i'll definitely give Hughie's show a listen as well man and again man a very good interview with Cavino. Um, earlier today, but I, I enjoyed it, man. And, uh, I appreciate you coming on.